Welcome to the Ron Keel Podcast. I'm your host, the Metal Cowboy. This show is built upon exclusive interviews with celebrities, authors, and entertainment industry insiders. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, hit the like buttons, and give the show a five-star rating. It really does help. Find me online at ronkeel.com and enjoy the show. Access granted. The boy is bound to get dirty when he's playing cowboy. Hey, this is Ron Keel from the Ron Keel Band, Steeler and Keel. And you got it, the right to shop at the coolest stores on the planet, specializing in all things 70s, 80s, and 90s. Retroactive and Retroactive Part 2 in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and online at shopretroactive.com. And I'll be there with you to celebrate Retroactive's Sweet 16 Anniversary Celebration on Saturday, July 31st. That's right, the Metal Cowboy live in-store at Retroactive. I'm going to play some music, take some photos, sign some autographs, basically shop all night and party all day. Music, movies, memorabilia, and more. Retroactive and Retroactive Part 2 have it all. Once again, I'm Ron Keel, and I can't wait to see you at Retroactive, Saturday, July 31st. Visit ShopRetroactive.com. Dude. Good morning, Joel. How's it going? Dude, it's, it's good, man. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to hear from you. What a pleasant surprise on an interview schedule. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, I always try and schedule as early in the morning and the first interview of the day with with artists. But uh, certainly excited to get you on my schedule. So thanks for doing this. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. My pleasure. How are things with you? Man, things are great. You know, I actually had had a great year in 2020. I did 25 shows. You know, I did the cruise. Did an Australian tour, and then the lockdown happened. We ended up doing uh, some shows in Sturgis. We did five headline shows at the Sturgis Rally and some shows throughout the Midwest. I released four albums, five music videos, staying busy just like you are. Awesome, man. Well, good for you. Yeah, and doing the radio show and the podcast every week as well. I am recording, Joel. Uh, I record from the get-go, and we air an edited version of the interview on the Streets of Rock and Roll radio show on eight different stations. And then the complete, unedited, unfiltered discussion will appear on my podcast, which is on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Amazon, all that. So as I said, we are recording, so whatever we say is what they're going to hear. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. No worries. Awesome, That's dude. awesome, man. It's great to hear from you, man. Hey, I'm, you I'm too, really, man. Uh, I'm happy. I'm happy things went well for you in 2020. And I'm about to blow a lot of smoke up your ass because this album is out of this world. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, can I get a liner from you? This is Joel Hoekstra on the streets of rock and roll with Ron Keel. Hey, this is Joel Hoekstra from White Snake on the streets of rock and roll with Ron Keel. Hard to say goodbye. That is a hit song, if I've ever heard one, from what certainly promises to be one of the premier melodic rock albums of 2021, Running Games from Joel Hoekstra's 13. This guy's a bona fide modern-day guitar hero known for his work with Whitesnake, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Night Ranger, multiple solo projects, and of course, his own project, Joel Hoekstra's 13. Hello, Joel. Welcome to the show, man. I'm excited to talk to you. Thank you so much, man. Excited to speak with you as well, bro. I'm glad yeah. things are going well. Or at least we're not playing basketball this morning, right? <laughs> right, yes, yes. <laughs> we're not embarrassing ourselves in front of uh, in front of cruisers. Congratulations. Dude, congratulations on this new release, man. Just a big-time, world-class album, top to bottom. I mentioned some of your other credits and accomplishments, but it's got to feel good to be the captain of the ship with your band, 13 you write all the music and lyrics played all the guitars on this record how gratifying is that uh yeah it's fun i mean i'm the type of guy who enjoys being part of the democratic process with you know being in a band and 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 just you know working with producers and all that stuff too and 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 finding the unique results but every once in a while it's nice to uh 
call all the shots and be the boss, I guess, right? Well, you called a lot of the right shots on this one, man. It's highly recommended. And being a singer myself, my ears and my heart normally just gravitate to the lyrics and what's being said. Let me just quote you real quick, if I, if I may. Drowning in this broken heart of mine, I can feel it slipping through the broken hands of time. Dude, that's strong stuff from the track finish line. That's powerful stuff, dude. Oh, thank you so much, man. Well, uh, yeah, that's one of the fun things for me is being able to write the lyrics on these albums. I, I do everything like the, the vocal melodies. So that's why the, the project name of Joel Hoekstra's 13, because I felt like if I put this out under my own name, just Joel Hoekstra, it's like, well, this is a guitar album. He's going to be playing solos all over the place, but this really sounds like you're listening to a band, but the hitch is it's not really a band. It's I'm writing everything and then giving it to everybody. And, and they don't get me wrong. They play it down the way they want to play it down. And I kind of underproduce them when it comes to the way everybody plays. I don't get up in their grill and say, can you play this? Can you play this? I just let them do their thing. Yeah. And so that way there's some creativity on it from them and they don't mind doing this. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, all right, I'm I'm writing everything, so it's like, what this is? What is this? Is this a band? Is this a solo album? I thought, you know, this is really like the epitome of what's called a side project, right? Like a or just a project. So uh, I gave it the, the name Joel Hoekstra's Thirteen, and now this is the second album. The first one, Dying to Live, was out in 2015, and uh, so anyway, I, I think people are starting to realize, okay, there's a sound to this thing, right? It's it's melodic hard rock, and it's I'd say Dio-ish at its heaviest and Foreigner-ish at its lightest is kind of the way I describe this thing. Yeah, very fitting description. Like you said, it's been over five years since Dying to Live, the last album from Thirteen. But you recruited the same all-star lineup for this one. Uh, how important was it for you to keep that lineup consistent with those same guys that played and sang on the previous album? Yeah, I mean, no, well, number one, I liked the first album and I liked the, what everybody did on there. I like all these guys as people and as players. So I think to uh, offer the fans some consistency from album to album under a, under a name is, is important, right? If this album sounded completely different than the last one, people don't know what to expect when they're going to buy it. And then, you know, what are the, what's he going to do the third time around, make a polka album, you know? So yeah. you want to give them something that they can, they can just uh, sink their teeth into. And I, I, I think this stuff's, you know, it's just good, solid rock. I'm not looking to like write progressive songs or throw crazy twists at people. I'm just trying to give them a good, solid rock album. Yeah, and you've done just that. we got to mention these guys in the lineup because these are names that all of our listeners and friends and fans are going to know. Uh, Vinny Apice on drums, the fretless monster, Tony Franklin on bass, Derek Sherinian on keys, and uh, I think I'm going to not even mention that guy. You've got singing lead vocals, but uh, the guitar player is pretty good too, Joel. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, man. Russell yeah, Allen. Uh, Russell Allen. Uh, come on, man. From Adrenaline Mob and Symphony X, who sings lead vocals on this record and the previous one as well. One of the best singers on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, you please tell him that Ron Keel hates him and Ron Keel loves him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Russ is amazing. I he mean, he is. I, I, I really just got to know him the last, I guess, whatever now, five, six years of him joining Trans-Siberian Orchestra. So we tour together every November, yeah. December. And so over that time, we've, we've just gotten to be friends. And um, so obviously he's an amazing singer and all that stuff. But it's it's also cool to be working with people that you know and uh, that you, you have a relationship with outside of working on the album. So, uh, you know, absolutely thrilled to have him on there. Well, when I was uh, doing the FM show, the daily radio show, last time I saw you in Sioux Falls, I was starting to get a lot of requests for Adrenaline Mob, so I started doing some research and looking this guy up. There's a clip on YouTube of him singing Barracuda. I don't know if you've heard that or not, but the vocal is amazing, of course, but in the, the, the course of this four or five minute video clip, you really get to know the guy, and he's the kind of guy that I would love to tour with, record with, or just hang out with. Yeah, Russ is, uh, he's a good dude. It just, you know, super, super talented. And I think that, I, I guess because he's been known in Symphony X, which is, you know, prog band yeah. and uh, Adrenaline Mob, uh, which was like kind of a going for, you know, a newer band to break. He's never really 
um, dove headfirst into this classic rock scene that you and I are a part of, right? So yeah. there's a lot of people, like when he comes on the Monsters of Rock cruise and he does the acoustic sets with me, there's a lot of people on that particular cruise that don't really know who he is, even though he's got a, he's got a really big following. But I think his scene is like slightly different. So it's fun to like do the, these albums and, and bring them into that scene. And people are usually just blown away. Like, whoa, what the, what's the deal, man? This guy's amazing. Yeah, no doubt. And he certainly brought your lyrics and melodies to life on this latest release. Uh, listening to your solo albums, Joel, especially, uh, is this? I know it's a band project, but it's a, a Joel Hoekstra 13 solo type project. It's obvious why you're such a great fit with David Coverdell and Whitesnake. A lot of these melodic rock tunes would to me, seem right at home in the Coverdale catalog. How do you choose between what songs you create for Whitesnake and what songs you keep in your idea bank for Joel Hoekstra 13? Well, our groove for Flesh and Blood, uh, the the Whitesnake album that just came out uh, sort of recently at this point, uh, mainly our, our writing groove happened from David having like choruses or ideas and building out for there from there with either Reb or myself or sometimes both of us. So that's really the way the writing went with that. And, uh, obviously with this, it's like, you know, whole songs and, and writing everything. So it was, it was pretty easy to, to differentiate between the two. I think Reb and I each did give David like full, song riffs and stuff like that but the way we found our groove as a team was that way with david having a chorus let's say and saying well i had this one and we'll build out from there so that was he david had so many ideas that that was pretty much <laughs> that was the quickest path and the best path because he we knew oh okay we got a song that he likes right now we don't need to worry about <laughs> you know starting something from scratch so uh, that that just is the way things tended to go with Flesh and Blood, at least. Well, that's cool, because I just had Reb, Reb Beach, on the show a few weeks back, and he gave his take about writing with David. So to uh, to add yours to that, a fascinating story. And uh, obviously, uh, I'm a huge fan of both of you guys, and it's great to have you and Reb on the show. Reb was on the podcast last week on the radio show a few weeks back. So I'm speaking to rock royalty and some of the modern-day guitar heroes, Joel Hoekstra on the show this week discussing his excellent new album, Running Games. During that lockdown, Joel, you stayed busy with other projects like Echo Bats, teaching guitar via Skype, offering master classes, a monthly column in Guitar World magazine. Any and all of that, man, plug away. Just talk about some of that other stuff that kept you busy in 2020. Yeah, I think, well, 2019, I was on the road... Uh, let's see, 285 days out of the year. So it was like completely mental between juggling, you know, doing white snake and share and trans Siberian orchestra. So then 2020, when this all kind of hit, I had been out with uh, white snake already at the top of the year, just like you, I, we, I, we did, uh, let's see, Australia and, uh, Singapore and Indonesia. Right. I, I guess Singapore is less Indonesia and Singapore. And that's, we were set to go to Japan on our own. It was like, oh, no, no, everything stopped, shut down, we're going home. Oh, gosh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> back when canceling gigs was news, right? <laughs> that was like a big deal. Nowadays, every gig yeah. is canceled. So uh, anyway, from there, I I have little kids at home. So I was like, okay, you know, this is meant to be. I catch up with the family. And so I think I took the first couple of months just doing odds and ends of stuff that had been on my back burner forever. Like, you know, getting my old cassette recordings, my old four track recordings into the digital realm. Oh, yeah. right? So oh, yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of that. Just going back and the 9 million songs I recorded on my four track when I was a kid, and just getting all those digitized. And, awesome. uh, I doing some writing, I think initially with, uh, you know, Chris Caffrey and some other friends of mine. And, um, and then I was, I, once I realized this was going to drag on, I was like, okay, let's time to kick into high gear here, man. You know, I started like busting and make sure I'm moving forward and not just sitting around for a year or whatever. So, uh, I started teaching 30 students a week and doing master classes for rock and roll fantasy camp and a couple a couple other places and sites as well. And so, uh, the, that's been going stellar. 
and uh, doing the cameo messages, the personalized messages, and that's I'm doing a lot of those. I'd say I average in you know ten fifteen a week at this point. You are undercharging, uh, by the way. I did check out your cameo, Joel, and you are undercharging. <laughs> so, but just just my personal opinion <laughs> from a business standpoint, uh, yeah, the, the cameo, all that's there at joelhoekstra.com. Joelhoekstra.com. The social media is joelhoekstra13, not plural, on both. Instagram and Facebook and the master classes, guitar lessons, as Joel is talking about, he's listed his email address on his website. If you want to reach out to him and get in touch, uh, that that would be time well spent. Uh, find that email address at joelhoekstra.com. And Joel, if COVID-19 went away today and we we're all given the green light to get back on the road how much fun would it be for you to do some live shows with this 13 lineup? It'd be killer, man. I mean, we did one show on the Monsters of Rock cruise in support of Dying to Live. So we did make it actually happen one time. So ah, doing it that. again would Where be was killer. I? I'm always on yeah, the cruise. Where yeah, the hell was yeah. I? Oh, I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> yeah, Go we're, ahead. Just sorry, man. Yeah, we were able to pull it off one time, and it, and it was great. It went over really, really well. And then I've had Russell's been a part of my acoustic set, and Jeff Scott Soto has been a part of my acoustic set. So there's been times that the songs have been played acoustically and um, played live. Uh, so it, it happens from time to time. But, uh, yeah, putting together a run would be awesome. I Definitely something now that there's a second album that I'd love to be able to do. We'll see. You know, let's just get the world open and we'll take it from there. Absolutely, man. Well, when they do unlock us, and I say when because I'm an eternal optimist, when they unlock us and we're all going to be out there fighting to get back on stage, are there any plans in place for Whitesnake to tour again when the time is right? Haven't really heard anything. I mean, just kind of like, you know, we'll obviously be there when whenever uh, – David says, let's, let's hit it guys. Let's do it. So just kind of standing by, man, you know, uh, David, David's great. Love him. We're in constant touch. I mean, he texts us on the band thread every day and, uh, he's just awesome to work with and work for. And I'm still, you know, just blessed to be a small part of that whole history. I mean, what a amazing band to be a a part of. Absolutely, man. Um, and we'll continue to stay optimistic, but are you anticipating spending the 2021 holiday season with Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I mean, same deal there, man. You know, what yeah. a bummer to have our our uh, holiday tradition disrupted. Uh, so we'll just, fingers are crossed, as Paul O'Neill used to say, for yeah. uh, 2021. I mean, I'm just uh, definitely missed. That was the weirdest part for me, uh, just to have that not go down because that's something that like two months of the year is just completely influenced by that. So like going into a different world going on that TSO tour, right? I mean, it's not just the fact that I tour with those guys every holiday season, right? And those guys in the band are like my best buddies at this point in time. I've been doing that gig now for nine, 10 years, but it's also the fans because you have these open signing lines and then people come to multiple shows on that, right? You get people that come to 10, 15, 20 shows of that tour. So you see them every night in the line and they bring you presents in the signing line for Christmas. And I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. it's just a whole tradition that I'm used to. And it's just really weird not to have it this year. It was strange. Well, I have to ask that question every guest, every week for the last, what, 10 months or so. And every time I do, I get a different answer. Some guys say, yeah, it's just going to be a matter of months before we're back in action. And other guys, I've had uh, people in the industry tell me that it could be a long, long time. Of course, we got to stay optimistic and keep moving forward. In the meantime, the future of melodic rock is in the very capable hands of my guest, Joel Hoekstra. I really enjoyed this, man. And all the best to you, and thanks for the interview. Joel Hoekstra, the new album is Running Games on Frontiers Records, joelhoekstra.com. Thanks for the interview, dude. Dude, right back at you, man. What a pleasure to hear from you, and uh, I'm so glad that things are going well, man. Please stay, uh, please stay happy and healthy and keep rocking out, brother. I can't wait to reconnect someday. We must jam. Absolutely. I remember the jam we did on the Monsters of Rock cruise. I think it was you and me and Frank Hannon and Mitch Perry, and we're up there playing Montrose. It was one of my best Monsters of Rock cruise memories. I've got some photos of that I'll probably share uh, when I'm promoting this interview. But, man, I I always treasure the chance to run into you in the hallway, jam with you, or watch you play like I did here in Sioux Falls with Brandon Gibbs 
when you guys did that solo acoustic gig, the, the duo uh, in Sioux Falls, that was a, an amazing show. And we're just standing there looking at your hands going, oh, shit. Oh, dude. <laughs> that was an amazing gig. Oh, man. Thank you so much, brother. And one more question, a bonus for the podcast, if you've got a minute. The sessions for this new album, were you able to get together or did you have to send audio files back and forth and do this by remote control? Uh, everything was remotely, man. Uh, wow. However, I'm a fan of it. I, I'm a fan of the remote thing, man, yeah. because I, I do a lot of sessions for people. I mean, I, I'd say I'm, I'm doing three, four weeks where I guest on people's stuff. And I, I, it feels like to me, I'll do more takes and be less self-conscious at home when I'm alone. When you're in the studio and you're paying a ton of money by the hour and, and everybody's standing around waiting on you to get the right take, tends to make people go like settle and go like, yeah, yeah, I guess that's good enough. You know, <laughs> instead of being like the, the crazy guy that'll do a million takes to get the ultimate take out of himself. So I, I dig the remote thing. I think it, I think it, it brings the best out in people. So it gets a little bit of a bad rap. I think the fans just don't necessarily think of that. It's always like, oh, wouldn't it be cooler if you're all together? I'm like, no, because I would have been telling Vinny Apathy what to play and I would have ruined it. I get it, man. I'm just, the same happened with my latest album, or the last couple of records I've done with my guitar player, DC Cawthorn. He's been with me for what, six, seven years now. And we were in the studio a couple of years back doing our first original album. And I was all old school, wanting to get the guys in the room together. And I'm in the control room with him as he's trying to solo. And it was obvious that he was just under pressure, uncomfortable. I just sent him home. I said, take take the files, take your laptop, go back home and send me what you got when you got it. And he came up with the most brilliant solos on that record. And that's uh, obviously it's, it's a great way to be comfortable. I don't want anybody else in the studio when I'm doing lead vocals. Get the hell out of here. I run the guys off and it's me and the engineer slash co-producer when I'm doing that. So I just, I thought it would... To me, it's very interesting how these albums, like this one that you've created, Jeff Scott Soto's latest album is the same way. They really sound like these guys are all in a room hashing it out together and playing as a unit. I guess it's our job to create that illusion, but it's always fascinating for me to find out which albums were recorded in which manner. So I appreciate you uh, answering that question. Yeah, right on, brother. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we're on the same page with that. You get Absolutely. it. You get what I'm saying. Absolutely, yeah. man. Well, best of luck with this. It's a great record, and I can't wait to uh, crank it up all summer long, man. I'm going to be on some long road trips, hopefully, and this is going to be in my headphones. I wish you all the best, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today. Sweet. Right back at you, brother. Okay, take care, Joel. All right, cheers. Bye. I'll be right back right after this. This is the Metal Cowboy, Ron Keel, and I've got your all-access pass to tons of exclusive video and audio that you won't get anywhere else. Be a member at patreon.com slash Ron Keel. Special merchandise discounts, VIP access at my concert appearances, live online video chat, guitar clinics, vocal tips, songwriting workshops, live online house concerts, and much more. Welcome to patreon.com slash Ron Keel. Alone at Last, the Deluxe Edition. My solo acoustic album fully remastered with bonus tracks. Some very special songs from throughout my career. Calm Before the Storm. Dreams Are Not Enough. Serenade. Just Like Tennessee. An acoustic version of Singers, Hookers, and Thieves. My duet with Paul Shortino. Available at ronkeel.com. Alone at last, the deluxe edition. Thanks for letting me sing to you. Hello, Ron. Hello, Doug. Hey, man, how are you? I am doing great, man. Great to talk to you. Thanks for doing this. Of course. Thanks for... Thanks for talking to me. It's my pleasure, man. It's long overdue, my friend. I know. Where are you? I am in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the wild, wild Midwest, man. There you go. Very lucky that uh, we landed in a, a great place uh, for a lot of reasons, but especially for music, man. I was able to pull off a three, four-week tour last year, 25 shows, and 
I'm very lucky that uh, here in the Midwest, we never completely shut down. That's great, man. Very cool. I want to let you I, know. I think, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I think I saw the, that you did some dates last year. That was, um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, the Sturgis Rally and all the bike events, man. Those guys are never going to shut down. <laughs> I know. I know. I've... I did. It was it was pretty cool actually that that went that that kept going. That was good. I'm very did you end up? Did, did you end up? Have you? Did you catch the virus yet or no? No, we've been absolutely um, healthy. Thank God. Knock on wood. And good. Uh, done a lot of traveling as well. I was in Vegas for Christmas, and then I uh, just did a show in Montana or Wyoming uh, two nights ago in uh, Rock, uh, Green River, Wyoming. So we've been very lucky. Hope hope I keep it that way. Yeah, knock on wood, right? And yeah, I know, my, my I wife, know that your wife had a bout it. with that, and we're going to talk about that in the interview if that's okay. Yeah, of course, of course. All right, I want to let you know I am recording. We air an edited version of the interview on the Streets of Rock and Roll radio show on eight different stations, and the complete unfiltered discussion will appear on my podcast on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Amazon, all those other outlets. So, like I said, we are recording. So, what what we say is what will be heard. And, uh, man, I never, never uh, view or listen to interviews from artists that are coming on the show, but I got to admit, I got sucked into your interview with Todd Kearns and loved it. It was fantastic. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah, I, I I, think it went on for a while, right? It, was it a did. Long one. It did. And uh, Todd's awesome. I'm a huge Todd Kearns fan, and it was uh, quite an interesting story you started out with about the... Uh, the home intruder uh, story, but uh, let's go ahead and get to it, man. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I'm excited to talk to you. First, can I get a liner? This is Doug Aldrich on the streets of rock and roll with Ron Keel. Hey, guys, this is Doug Aldrich on the streets of rock and roll with Ron Keel. You're on the streets of rock and roll, and that is Holy Ground, the title track to the new Dead Daisies album. Of course, the voice of rock and roll, Glenn Hughes, he was on the show a couple of months back, and right now I'm joined by modern-day guitar hero, Doug Aldrich, who has spent the last several years with the Daisies following a long stint with Whitesnake, and it's about damn time we got him on the show. Hello, Doug. How are you? I'm good, Ron. Thanks for having me on, bro. It's my pleasure, man. I know you're in the midst of of a media blitz, man. So I appreciate your time. You got a lot to talk about and uh, promote. The good news is your new album, Holy Ground, is finally available. Originally scheduled for release last year, but delayed due to the pandemic. Last year was like 10 years long, Doug. So does it feel like this is a new album to you or something you guys created in another lifetime? Yeah, you know, it's so weird that you say that, Ron, because like 2020 felt like, like right now, it felt like it just blew past. I, I mean, it's just like because nothing, because we didn't didn't really go anywhere. At least um, a lot of a lot of traveling musicians didn't get to go anywhere. Some did, but it blew past. But it was like in slow motion the whole time. Every day was like slow motion, and somehow 2020 is gone. I can't even believe it. But um, prior to that, we holed up in the south of France and and put this record together and. Um, finally it's you know it was we had big plans for 2020 with it but obviously that didn't happen and we so we, we kind of strung it out with a couple of singles here and there um which weren't the actual singles that we were gonna use but they turned out to be good songs for the purpose but now we're a year later ready to do this thing all over again do it right I had Glenn on the show, as I mentioned, and we talked about the lockdown sessions, which was a really cool treat for the fans during the hiatus. But I know, man, I know how prolific you and Glenn are and Dean and David as well. I'm sure you guys have kept that creative process going during the lockdown. You probably got a whole new album ready to go, right? Well, um, we we have been, um, Glenn and I did get together um, for over a period of a couple of months during the summer, and we, we've done some really cool demos and stuff in the future not sure what what the schedule is going to be yet because we're still trying to we're still trying to nail down you know if and when we can travel this this summer coming up um but yeah i think i think we've got some a great start to the next record if we um have time to go in the studio when not if when <laughs> we're all yeah, very hopeful yeah. we it's cautiously optimistic is the term my agent uses but you know you mentioned the schedule <laughs> and the dead daisies european tour set for the spring just a couple of days ago announced uh, that that's been postponed until next year you've got to be itching to get back out there man absolutely you know it's i the, 
we had an opportunity to play through the new album um in october we got together in los angeles and um and we we went through all the new stuff and man it just felt so good to play it oh, was yeah. like you know i was somebody mentioned yeah you guys look like you're having fun you were riding skateboards and motorcycles and stuff and it's like well we were just giddy coming out of rehearsals and they, they were you know they'd just be filming you know random stuff and we were in such a good mood to be able to play finally up until that point um i hadn't really i mean i i did a little jamming at the beginning of the year but it really hadn't gotten a chance to play with anybody well, it's long overdue, man. I hope those those summer dates uh, remain intact. You do have plans to do some big festivals in Europe over the summer. I certainly, like everybody else, all the fans, artists, and everybody in our industry, our fingers are crossed. Now, you and I have known each other a long time, man, since the Hollywood yep. heyday of the 80s. You've carved out quite a career for yourself with so many iconic artists, bands, projects, shows, and a beautiful family as well. I know your wife, Daniela, Thanks, recently bro. fought covid that's got to shake your foundations, man. How was that experience, and how did it change your perspective on the pandemic? Well, I mean, I I've been taking the pandemic seriously the whole time, and been been really pretty much locked down. You know, it, even though California's kind of gotten looser at some points and then gotten tighter, I, I don't really do much except play guitar and do some writing and take care of the family. But um, my wife has a she's got a uh, business that she runs that's um it's called mama wonder bar it's like a herbs and and crystals thing you can see it on amazon or whatever but the thing is is she was she somehow got um somebody called and told her that that they had just tested positive and it was somebody that she had been around so she basically right away uh, quarantined herself and then had no symptoms and tested negative twice and then she came out of quarantine then she started feeling symptoms and went back into quarantine and then tested positive. So it ended up being like she was in quarantine for like 18 days. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was, it was a little scary, but I felt like my immune system's good and I just had to be strong, take care of the family, you know? So she holed up. I got my daughter out of, my daughter couldn't go to her preschool anymore. So she was with me 24 seven. And, uh, anybody that was coming to the house, like babysitters or um, we have a, a girl that helps clean the house a couple times a week. And everybody was canceled because of that. And I just hold up with her and with my daughter and, and my son. And we, we, you know, put food out in front of my wife's door and didn't see her for 18 or 20 days, something like that. And then finally um, she came out of it and tested negative And then, I had to get tested, and my daughter had to get tested yeah. so she could go back to school, preschool. My, all, my boy's all, online, so. We're all really, really, really thankful that she's okay and she came through it all right. And you beat me to the punch, man. I was going to plug your wife's business, the herbal medicines, and some other very interesting products. My wife is a big fan of your wife, by the way. <laughs> oh, cool. We'll have to, we'll have to connect them. But I want to tell everybody I, I want to tell everybody a story that you. I don't even know – I probably told you a long time ago, but you know, like you said, you and I have been friends for a long time, but before we were friends, I went to an amazing concert back in 1984 at the Roxy theater with you and Steeler opening show for Brandenburg. And this was, if for anybody who, who wants to know about LA rock and roll or LA, the LAC history, this was one of the quintessential shows of the whole time. I mean, you had stuff like Motley Crue's first show, Quiet Riot, whatever, Van Halen. This was one of the shows that everybody went to, and I was there. It was at the Roxy. Do you remember? I do, absolutely. That was one of Ingve's first shows with us, and he only did a, a handful of gigs, and all of them are uh, etched in my memory and in L.A. rock history as well. Do you know if there's any recording of that show? There is not, man. If if there, you know, there is a there are a couple of live bootlegs, but the quality's not very good. I guess we'll just have to uh, cherish the memory, so to speak. Well, I know, was, I know, if you you know, it was a long time ago, but it was. I just wanted everyone to know I was there, and it was such a great show. So, I mean, everybody was there. Oh, thanks, Ben. I'm pretty sure the first time I saw you play live was at the Roxy as well. Was it Hurricane? I don't know. It might have been yeah. Hurricane. It might have been. Maybe it was Lion. I don't know. But no, um, 
I, I just know that once when Ingve left the band, I said, I want that guy. Let's get that Doug guy. He's awesome. <laughs> and it never did happen. But we, I'm, luckily, we've stayed. Well, no, then you started. You got you got Keel and you got Keel going. And um, a, a few of my buddies were in that band. But that's probably how I met you was from that. But it was that's from right. uh, Mark and Mark, Mark Ferrari. Yeah, we'll talk about that, too, as well, if you have time. But uh, let's keep it on the daisies for for the moment. All right. The Dead Daisies are a unique entity because so many big names have been in and out of that lineup over the past eight years or so, and your team keeps it pretty close to the vest, Doug. You know, like, okay, Karabi's out, Glenn Hughes is in, and that's all the news we get. We don't really get the how and the why. I never heard or saw an explanation, kind of like a sports team, and the fans in the industry just have to accept, okay, he's starting at quarterback now, all right? Whereas any other band would be perceived as unstable with that many changes, but it really works for you guys, and it's a very special and unique identity that the Daisies have. How does that work? from both a business standpoint and a musical perspective? Um, it's um, That's kind of how they, they situated it from the get-go. I mean, they, they, I think David Lowy, uh, who's a founder and the, the founder of the band back at, the, um, at that time, 2012, I guess, or 11, he and a singer, John Stevens, just wrote a bunch of songs, and um, they, they wanted to play some gigs, and they put together a band it was just kind of like left open like whoever's available could do it and eventually marco mendoza got involved and that's when it started to become a little more solid um but they always called it a collective and it's not so far away from like how the original deep purple was where they had they, they called it a roundabout instead of a collective but basically it was a, a group of musicians could come and go and and so early deep purple had a few member changes and eventually you know you got to mark two to mark three with david coverdale and glenn hughes and mark four when tommy boland came in instead of richie so the dead daisies is kind of like that it's like we're at mark four right now you know and it's fascinating we're, you know it really yeah is. And, we're, and we're you know we're really excited about this album and we're and glenn and i are, are totally committed to this and we're, we're gonna we're gonna ro- go with it you know it's like We've got more songs in the tubes, in the pipeline, and um, this album's getting ready to come out. We're really excited about playing it live, so we're we're committed. But yeah, it's it has been um, it's been an interesting change during the times that I've been in the band because it's always friends coming in. You know, it's like I had history with Glenn, so we we had toured together. I uh, so I I know he knows what to expect from me. I know what to expect from him, and we're and we're friends. Um, for a long time so when the, that opportunity came up um john to answer your question how did it happen we had been working really hard and i think john just wanted to do his own thing you know he wanted to step out and do his solo thing which he's a great friend of yours and mine yeah. everybody in, including glenn and he's super talented and one of the things he loves to do is his acoustic tours where he he MCs it, and uh, he can tell stories. He can play a little Motley, a little Scream, Dead Daisies, and just have fun. And he can travel light and um, and work at his own pace, whatever he wants. And so that's what he wanted to do. And he also had a solo record that had his son on drums uh, that he wanted to promote. And um, and Marco was doing his solo career as well. Marco's, as you know, he's yeah. larger than life. He's he's uh, he's like a he's just like a, a bull unleashed on stage, you know? So, um, and a great singer. So he was doing, he was going to do his thing. And then we didn't really have a plan. We were kind of just thinking about ideas and turned out management had been thinking and speaking to Glenn and saying, you know, what, would, what, would, what, do you, how do you think this would work out? And he, uh, he, he got, was excited about the possibility and thought, let's get together and play. But, uh, management called me and said, we're talking to Glenn. What do you think? And I was like, that, that sounds incredible. That's like a really a great idea because you're not trying to replace, you can't really replace John Krabi as, as far as the way he does things. He's, he's really a, an original. So we wanted to go in a fresh direction and it couldn't be any more fresh than Glenn. You know, it's it a great perfect. word for it, man. It's always fresh with you guys. And I, I love and enjoy that. It's uh it's a great combination, obviously. And Glenn, when I had him on the show a few months back, man, he was super excited about it. He's very genuine, and you're right. You guys are committed. Um, speaking with Doug Aldrich, guitars for Dead Days. He's Doug. Take me back to that 
uh, last big action storm when Glenn joined the band, and you guys pretty immediately started writing and recording the new album, went to France. That 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 creative storm that you were in at that time had to be very exciting. Yeah, man, it was perfect because you know when you when you make a change with, with at lead vocals and you bring in somebody legendary like Glenn, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, yeah. Deep Purple, ex Deep Purple, you know, successful solo guy. Uh, solo performer, artist. Black Sabbath, even. Sort of. Black Sabbath. Black and Sabbath. Purple. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's like you're, you know, th- th- you're going to have to gel for a minute but to make, because the Dead Daisies have, have a way of, of functioning and Glenn has his way of functioning. And, you know, you never know how it's going to go together, but because we're friends and and we're really excited about Glenn anyways, um, we decided the best way to do this is for us to, to hole up somewhere. And so we, we found a studio that was really actually very reasonable. Um, but it happened to be in the South of France and it was a, it's a giant, you know, uh, chateau. Um, they have a studio in like one section of it. And then in the same wing of that chateau, they have sleeping quarters. And so we, we just lived there together and we play, we, we slept under the same roof Sounds like we, fun, man. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, well, it was very focused and very good for us to be able to to have meals together and not have to travel anywhere to go. We go from the kitchen to the studio by walking, you know, a hundred meters or whatever. Yeah. And were you prepared and, when you went in the studio? Did, were the songs written, or did you write and create and record all at the same time? We had we had good ideas. Glenn had a bunch of songs that he had that I had helped to demo up, and I had. Um, a half dozen ideas or so and then we we create we had david lowey and i had a few ideas that um that we were excited about but they weren't finished and glenn heard some of that stuff and goes i, I like that one and i like that one let's let's work on those and we finished them together um but yeah we you know like for example that glenn had some songs that he wanted to to present and then he, I said well, the best way to do it would be if we make up some rough demos. And so I went down to his place and it was really interesting. I just said, instead of you showing me, you know, what your idea is and having me play it, just, just play it and let me record you. And I just put a click track up and the temp like, okay, is this the tempo? He goes, yeah, that feels good. And he played the riff and I said, okay, double it. And then he, we'd have that section. Then we'd, just do another i'd go what's the verse going to be and he goes i'm thinking like this i go cool let's record it for eight bars or whatever double it and then we had all these chunks and we just would arrange it and it was and glenn said okay now go home and you know put put the real guitars on these demos and i said wait a minute hold on before i do that because because glenn was like it's out of tune there's a little timing issues and i go i know it's i know it's a little out of tune but it's got a vibe so mm. I don't mind redoing it, but I want to cop that vibe because he has he had a really unique way of playing. So I really had to suss out. I had to practice and, and learn how to, to play it his way, and then I could own it later. But it was really cool how Glenn's got a different feel you know, than, than myself or David Lowy. Yeah, I can imagine. And great content there, man. Well told, good stories. I, I, I'm certainly a big fan of... All three singles that we've played on the radio show so far, Unspoken and Bustle and Flow and the the title track, Holy Ground, fantastic stuff. When you do get back out on tour, hopefully at some of these summer festivals, how do you build that set list from a body of work that, let's face it, a lot of guys in the current lineup weren't a part of? I assume you'd cover Locked and Loaded, tunes from the various eras of the Daisies, probably some covers, 30 Days in the Hole. What's the set list going to look like? I would say that... um we will definitely we've we've talked about this a lot with glenn and um i i i think that there are going to be a few songs from the past that we'll revisit and and kind of update with glenn's style on it because i i there's a certain way that that john would do things and there's a certain way that glenn would would do things and i I think that we're gonna i think it'll be nice to to revisit and kind of revamp a couple of those things with glenn's style all over it you know it'll be great but um the majority of the set i would say is is going to be you know primarily the, the new album yeah. um we really want to want to really want to feature it and then we'll 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 throw throw back every once in a while to uh you know for people that have, that know the older stuff as well but um and as far as covers go i think we're probably going to 
hold back a little a little bit less of that thing uh, maybe we'll we'll do one or two maybe we'll do a couple purple things you yeah, never know because we were gonna ask i mean you would you include some of the, the songs from your your career and uh glenn's career as well well that, i w- i don't think we'll do any white snake stuff that i was <laughs> a part of um but but i think we you know we were doing deep purple stuff anyway we we did a version of hush that i really enjoyed oh, yeah. that oh that was awesome um, you could do some power love right <laughs> from lion well i couldn't say enough good things about that project and uh, you and cal swan and and mark and jerry best um during your tenure with the daisies doug you've continued to work with your other projects burning rain and revolution saints you've done albums and uh, shows with with both i think i know well i know i saw you with burning rain a couple of years back where do those projects stand now well, Burning Rain's always been it's in my pocket as a as a, a pet. You know, it's something that I really enjoy doing, but I can only do it once in a while. But just from the standpoint of scheduling and um, you know budget and stuff like that, it's it's a it's, it's mine and Keith's baby band. You know, so we do it when we can, but it's not really a, a focus. Um, and regarding anything else, I mean, at this point, I committed to really Glenn and I both committed to really focusing 100% on the Dead Daisies at this point, promoting this album. So everything else is is um, either wrapped up or I wouldn't really be doing any other projects at this right point. Revolution, Revolution Saints was something that was, that was a project that was um, started as Dean's solo record. And then once Jack Blades and I got on it, Frontiers decided to make it a band project, but it was their project. They owned it. It was just a session, really, for us, and we never, we never toured or did anything. So, I don't even, I didn't even expect there to be a second, let alone third album. But um, we did three, and I think that's pretty much that's a good wrap on that thing. Um, it was a good run for people. I, I just feel like being in a project that's not going to tour to support it is something that I really want to kind of phase out right now. Right on, man. The last time I saw you was at the Frontiers Festival in Milan, Italy, 2019, and I had the dubious honor of having to follow you and Keith St. John and Burning Rain on stage. And I was extremely uh, challenged to do that, but what a great gig. I certainly enjoyed seeing you guys and hearing you and uh, some great music that you've created with Keith through the years. Now, Doug, I'm a singer. So I've got a vocalist question for you because you've worked okay. alongside the best in the business, man. Ronnie James Dio, Coverdale, Cal Swan, Keith St. John, Glenn Hughes. Is there one common factor that all those guys have that makes them great? Um, I think they're all, they're, they're all, I think they're all just, no, I don't, I'm not really the right I can't give you the best answer for that. What I can yeah. say is, is that I've been really lucky to work with with um, with singers that I really have, I love their voice, and and maybe the, you know the thing that that is um, they have in common is that none of them are great guitar players. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I so imagine because so you've seen the backstage warmups. You know, I, I toured with Dio, and I know what he did before a gig, and. How do these how these guys prepare? What they eat? What they drink? Uh, how they warm up their voices? It's all different, isn't it? Each guy has his own yeah, different it's, uh, routine. It's all different. Yeah, Ronnie never warmed up ever. At least as far as I knew, as far as when I was with him, he didn't really do any of that. Maybe he did it in his room or something, but we never saw it. Whereas he, he, David, he told me Ronnie James Dio told me he says I never warm up. I'm saving all my notes for the stage. That, that that's that makes sense wow. um but if some people would say that you really should warm up so i don't know but but david used to do a little sing along with the band every night before and um with with glenn um i never really heard glenn warm up too much either he he's pretty much like you know one of those guys that, that just is he's ready to go he's like like you know we talked about Ingve. A guy that's God given, just he just picks it up and just goes, you know. Yeah. Um, but what I was saying about they have in common that they don't, they're not, you know, accomplished guitar players. It was funny because they all play guitar. Every one of those guys yeah. plays guitar, but for, fortunately, I, I could play a little bit better, so I got it, got to work <laughs> with them, you know. Well, um, as a singer who's played with almost all of my 
dream guitarists, except Doug Aldrich. I get it, man. And uh, what what a great uh, insight into some of those those vocalists that you've shared the stage in the studio with. Doug Aldrich from the Dead Daisies. The website is thedeaddaisies.com. That site has all the bells and whistles, links, music, video, and more. And just enter the name Doug Aldrich in a search engine. You'll easy, easily find his social media links and a pretty cool fan site as well at DougAldrich.net. What was your wife's company again? How do we find her on Amazon, Facebook, all that, Doug? It's um, Mom of Wonder Bar Herbs um, uh, on Amazon. And I think she's she's got a – I'm pretty sure she's got a Facebook um, but you could just Google Mom, Mama Wonder Bar Herbs and you'd find it. I think that's um, spelled W-U-N-D-E-R, right? That's that's right. Wonder yeah, Bar. she's she's I, she started this thing and it's just kind of taken off a little bit. Um, she's they're doing really well. She's still trying to figure out how to you know get the business running smoothly. But she's it's really popular. She's got a lot of you know celebrities that like this stuff. It's it's called it's like white sage they 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 smudge um and i didn't know anything about this when she started it but now now i do but they basically they, they you can burn white sage and it spiritually cleanses your your home and smells good too you know it does. So. and my wife's into that too as well we smudge uh often uh, so uh i get it and certainly very very happy for you and your wife and your beautiful kids it's great talking to you man thanks again and best of luck in life and music, my friend, Doug Aldrich, The Dead Daisies, the new album available at uh, just about everywhere you can get recorded products, stream it on all the uh, digital and uh, distribution outlets, and pick up your copy now at dead, thedeaddaisies.com. Doug Aldrich, it's about damn time. Let's not wait forever to do it again. Yes, my friend. It's great to hear you and look forward to seeing you as soon as possible. Happy 21 to you and your family. And uh, I would love it. I would love us to do some more gigs together. Let's do it. I would love that as well. And we'll keep our fingers crossed and hope for the best. All right, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you, Doug. Take care, man. You too, bro. Thanks. Bye. Hey, this is Ron Keel from the Ron Keel Band, Steeler and Keel. And you got it. The right to shop at the coolest stores on the planet, specializing in all things 70s, 80s, and 90s. Retroactive and Retroactive Part 2 in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina and online at shopretroactive.com and I'll be there with you to celebrate Retroactive's Sweet 16 Anniversary Celebration on Saturday, July 31st. That's right, the Metal Cowboy live in store at Retroactive. I'm going to play some music, take some photos, sign some autographs, basically shop all night and party all day. Music, movies, memorabilia, and more. Retroactive and Retroactive Part 2 have it all. Once again, I'm Ron Keel, and I can't wait to see you at Retroactive, Saturday, July 31st. Visit ShopRetroactive.com. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Ron Keel Podcast. As always, it's a blast, a pleasure, an honor, and a thrill. Thanks for letting me entertain you. Find the Metal Cowboy online at RonKeel.com. Ah!